Talk to my friend Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. One of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As Drew Die Allen. conservative. to this guy for wisdom. In case you ever wanted to know what it was like to live in the USSR, I'm talking about Soviet Russia. Well, you don't really have to imagine anymore because we're living it right now in the United States of America. We are, look, I, I really just want to focus on two main stories today. I really want to go in depth in a very thorough manner through this balloon incident into the UFOs that are being shot down. And I, of course, want to cover what's going on in Ohio. Now, many have, I think, rightfully, you know, called this our Chernobyl, and um, I'll get into the to the reality of that too. Look, I'm I'm not I'm not into conspiracy theories, uh, except the ones that are true, of course. But the, all the bombastic BS, uh, I'll leave that to those hosts out there. I know who they are. You probably know who they are. I won't name their names, but I really have no respect for them whatsoever, because uh, they're just looking to make a buck off of sensationalism and lies. Uh, telling you and doing you a disservice by being dishonest. I'm not that person. We're not going to do that here on this show. Now that that's out of the way, um, you know, so if I, if I was to just summarize before we get into this show today, what, what you and I can glean from these recent instances well, it's an example of America on the decline. It's evidence and proof that the Democratic Party policies, well, they are intentionally resulting in the, well, the uh, dismemberment of America. I mean, re really, you know, yes, you can compare us to the rest of the world right now and, and say economically, um, yes, we are still a superpower, but we're a superpower on the decline. And, and I don't say that with any glee. Uh, if anything, obviously, as a patriotic American who loves this country, respects it, and, and takes, you know, the responsibility that each of us have to maintain it and preserve it for our posterity very seriously, it angers me to have to acknowledge that. But that's where we are. I mean, who, who knew? Aren't you just shocked out there that being gay isn't a substitute for competence or experience? Isn't that just shocking to you? I mean, that's why we have Kareem Jean-Pierre, and that's why we have Pete Buttigieg, two individuals who are diversity hires. One, of course, happens to you know check off two boxes. Kareem Jean-Pierre is both gay and black, and Pete Buttigieg is, well, he's just gay and he's white. Um, I guess let's start off with Palestine, Ohio. Palestine, Ohio, what happened there? Now, you know, interestingly enough, that derailment of those railroad cars happened on February 3rd. What, what's today? It's the 14th? That's a long time ago. And, I mean, remember, th that happened on February 3rd. We shot down the first Chinese spy balloon on February 4th. And somehow it's taken me until the weekend, and then certainly yesterday, 
to really learn more about this absolute catastrophe, economic, I mean, this, uh, this disaster that took place in Ohio, ecologically. And I can say, just based on hearing from my colleagues out there, they really weren't aware of this story either. I mean, how can that be? This is one of the biggest ecological disasters in recent history, in recent memory. And it happened on February 3rd, and now it's the 14th. And Pete Buttigieg, the most incompetent transportation secretary in American history, that's really the only title. Forget him being the first gay this. That's irrelevant to us. He's the worst in American history, the least qualified candidate ever. And he's a disgrace. And he makes a mockery of it. He doesn't care. Look, his job as transportation secretary is not only ensuring that, you know, the FAA, our airports, airlines, that um, those flights are safe and running in an efficient manner, but that also entails the railway system in addition to the highway system. And this clown, this clown didn't even bother to mention or address what took place in Palestine, Ohio, until yesterday. And this is what I mean. We have an administration. We have a president of the United States. We have a transportation secretary. We have defense secretary. All of these administrative positions, all of Biden's cabinet, his entire presidency, these are not leaders. These are not leaders. These are people who react. They run away from responsibility. That's not what a leader does, especially somebody who is supposed to be protecting the United States of America, defending our Constitution. Whenever things get tough, the Bidens get running. That's really what their motto is. And the same is true of Pete. These people are just enjoying being in these offices. They're enjoying getting paid far above what the average American earns. They get to travel on our dime, They get to eat out and have steaks on the American taxpayer. They get flown around the world on American jets and with our money. And when they finally have a problem to solve, they're nowhere to be found. The Biden administration has not weighed in on what happened in Palestine. Pete Buttigieg just did yesterday, over a week late, only because he was criticized. Because just a couple days ago, I don't have the clip. Tucker played it last night. It's been everywhere. You probably heard it if you listen to any of the big hosts out there, which I'm sure all of you do and have. But he was out there. This is raging. This contamination and everything in Palestine, Ohio, this absolute disaster. And he doesn't even mention it. In fact, he's concerned with the fact that there are too many white people wearing hard hats building the infrastructure in this country. According to Pete, we historically have a problem in America. Do you know what the problem is in America? It's not just that we have racist roads and highways. That's right. They're racist themselves. If you're black and you're driving in an automobile on one of these racist highways, you better watch out because your tire is more likely to get popped than a white person driving down the same road because that highway's out to get you. That's right. That's systemic racism built into the concrete. Well, it's coming up. It's coming up for your tire. So you better drive carefully and always, always carry a spare. 
But that's right. So apparently, according to Mayor Pete in this embarrassing interview he did, he asserted that the problem in our communities is that there aren't enough individuals of the same skin tone that are building the communities that certain people with skin tones live in, right? So obviously, obviously, if you live in a white community, well, God forbid a black or Hispanic person with a hard hat builds your parking structures or fixes your roads. That's just a problem. And you know, that too often in America, white people are building the infrastructure in these black communities. They just, they just don't look like it. They just can't get the job done. This is the decline of America. This is somebody who is propped up. There are, this guy was a presidential candidate. He was running for the Democrat nomination to be president of the United States in 2020, 2019. This guy is elevated. This guy's taken seriously by the left and the media. This guy should have been fired long ago. And if we had a president that had an, um, an ounce of respect, if we had a president and an administration that took their job seriously, if we were a serious nation, Pete Buttigieg would be no more. He'd be put on perpetual paternity leave to chest feed his little baby until all the milk has run dry. That's what he should be doing. But instead... This guy is still there in office. There's no accountability whatsoever. And it's a disgrace to this country. It's a slap in the face to Americans. And it's getting people killed. It's getting people killed. And I'll just tell you this about what happened in Palestine. This happened with a rail system. What other systems in America are on the decline? We've already had narrow misses with the airline industry. That's something that Pete Buttigieg also oversees. Now, this is a man who has a, you know, Harvard degree in, you know, history and something else, I think. Nothing related to supply chain. This is somebody who essentially got out of college and immediately went working on campaigns. He worked on John Kerry's campaign. He's just a political guy. He doesn't have any experience. He was the mayor of an inconsequential town. No offense. No offense to you out there. But Mayor Pete is a zero. And this zero is the transportation secretary. Still to this day. So I want to go through this. You know, the, the comparisons to Chernobyl are not incorrect from the perspective of a government that is trying to cover its tracks. A government that does not want to be honest with the people that are in harm's way because of what happened. Now, the Soviets, remember, Chernobyl. You know, that incident at the nuclear power facility plant in Chernobyl, there were several things that that contributed to it. One was the way the Soviets cut corners to save costs to build the nuclear power plant by way of their technology. That's what you get in communist socialist countries. You're always looking to save a buck, right? Same thing with the healthcare system when you go to socialized medicine. You're always cutting corners. It's all about dollars and cents. And so they cut cut corners on this power plant. 
And when it blew and radioactive uh, material was, was going into the air of Chernobyl, the government pretended like everything was okay, that they had it under control. And only after immense pressure from other countries, I mean, what, really what happened was Sweden, which was 700 miles away from Chernobyl, well, they were doing measurements of the air and detected radioactivity. And they realized, hey, you know, if the radioactivity is, you know, X amount, 700 miles away, I'd hate to be within 10 miles of Chernobyl. And, you know, I want to bring up something Reagan said, because this is what I would say to the Biden administration right now. Amidst the cover-up of Chernobyl, the Soviets putting out propaganda, lying, saying they had everything under control, not telling people what actually happened, not telling them about the real severity and danger to their health. Ronald Reagan, he went to a G7 summit. And he said, uh, the Soviets' handling of this incident manifests a disregard for the legitimate concerns of people everywhere. A nuclear accident that results in contaminating a number of countries with radioactive material is not simply an internal matter. The Soviets owe the world an explanation. The Biden administration owes the American people an explanation, not just of what happened in Palestine, Ohio, but what's going on in our skies. What's going on with the supposed UFOs that have been shot down that we have yet to see images of? Bizarre, isn't it? Makes you wonder if it even happened, considering one of the UFOs that they fired a Sidewinder missile at, well, it missed its target. Where did the Sidewinder missile end up? You would think you'd know about an explosion. I mean, these are missiles after all. So we spent almost a million dollars to shoot down, I don't know, a car-sized octagonal something or other. But anyway, you know, it took a full week for the truth to come out. And it wasn't even the truth then from the Soviets with the Chernobyl incident. You know, they had Pravda, the official, uh, you know, Soviet communist uh, party, the paper there. And they finally acknowledged that radioactive material was being spewed into the air. But again, they said it was under control. Now, I want to go through some of this with you. So February 3rd, this is when the chaos began. A train of more than 100 cars derailed in East Palestine, Ohio. The town had roughly 5,000 residents. The, uh, the, the accident launched 50 of those 100 cars, freight cars, from the tracks. 20 of the freight cars on the train were carrying hazardous materials, 10 of which were detailed. Now, we learned that of those 10 cars, five of them contained pressurized vinyl chloride, which is a highly flammable carcinogenic gas. Now, what's interesting to me, if we want to ask questions from the very, very beginning of this, the, the company, the rail company, Norfolk Southern, they have a list of what each of those freight cars is carrying, right? 
They know what's in those freight cars. We didn't learn until days afterward that pressurized vinyl chloride may have been the least of our worries. So how is it? Did the company just accidentally misplace the documents? Did they, did they unintentionally leave that out? So you see, from the very beginning, there's a cover-up going on. Because when you have a cargo list of everything in that freight train and all those different freight cars, and you do not reveal to these citizens who are in harm's way because of that derailment, what's actually contained, there's a problem. There's a problem. So, you know, and what's fascinating to me too, I have a, this is a letter from the EPA to Norfolk Southern. And they say, um, you know, basically they're telling them what they might be liable for and so on and so forth. And the EPA went in, they conducted air monitoring around the scene, et cetera, et cetera. And they made the following observations. Materials released during the incident were observed and detected in samples from Sulphur Run, Leslie Run, Bull Creek, North Fork, Little Beaver Creek, Little Beaver Creek, and the Ohio River. So very early on, these contaminants made its way into the water system. Materials related to the incident were observed entering storm drains. Now, storm drains, that water goes directly into your water sources. It goes into the rivers. It goes into the ocean. That's what storm drains do. And it is the um, EPA that writes them the letter and details that multiple rail cars and tankers were observed, derailed, breached, and or on fire that included but not limited to the following materials, vinyl chloride. And then we learn there are additional contaminants, ethylene glycol, monobutyl ether, ethyl hexylacrylate, isobutylene, butyl acrylate. Why didn't we learn exactly what contaminants were being carried immediately afterward? Why did it take days for this information to come out? That's the first problem. Um, You know, I'm sure you've heard this, but I I think it's important to understand just how lethal these contaminants are. Um, So the smoke plumes that went up, right, from the fire contain vinyl chloride, phosgene, hydrogen chloride, and other gases. This is part of the controlled burn, which I'm not sure that the uh, cure here was better. Putting all of this into the air. But anyway, phosgene in particular, this is from Zero Hedge, notes that it's a highly toxic gas that can cause vomiting and respiratory trouble. The toxicity of phosgene gas, or phosgene, whatever, is so potent that it was previously used as a chemical weapon during the First World War. How'd you like that, just spewing into your community? 
But don't worry. No big deal. Just, you know, evacuate for a day, come back, you're okay. And how about the winds? You know, here's the thing, you know, you don't have to be some kind of chemist. You don't have to be some kind of weatherman to understand some of the questions and concerns um, that should and are out there. You know, I live in Napa County in California where we have a lot of wildfires. I mean, I cannot tell you. I mean, I mean, look, we all know this. We all know how far this stuff travels. Now, I'm not, I'm not comparing this particular burn to the size of some wildfire that's consuming the Sierra Nevada mountain range. But I am saying that this is a particular concern that they're lighting this stuff on fire, doing this controlled burn, because apparently they were worried that if they didn't do it this way, then all of that gas, because of the compression and the pressure in there, that it was going to explode and send a bunch of shrapnel for a mile. So, you know, they issue this mandatory evacuation. And, you know, here's what I would say about the reporting from the media and the EPA and the government that doesn't really add up with what the actual railway company is concerned about. I'll give an example. So the EPA and everyone, the government, right? The government is saying, hey, we're doing samples, we're testing. There's not, there's not enough uh, amounts of this in the soil, in the water, in the air, whatever, to be concerned. That's what the government says. But the government's not liable here, right? The government, are they going to get sued over this? I mean, I mean wh- what's their real concern? Here's what's interesting. Norfolk Southern, right? They're the ones that are going to be liable for this. Now, Norfolk Southern is not saying, hey, drink the water to your heart's content. They're recommending that people drink bottled water. They're the ones with the skin in the game. Do you understand? And so they apparently are taking a much more cautious approach than the government. But anyway, look, people on the ground, there's a numerous uh, uh, people who give their testimony here about what's happened. I'll just go through a few of them for you. So following the controlled burn, you know, the authorities there received multiple concerns, multiple concerns, um, reports from residents outside of the mile long radius of the evacuation area saying that the emergency posed by the disaster was far from over. Now, remember, all the government and everyone was saying was, hey, If you're in a mile, you need to evacuate. That's about it. But people outside of that zone are reporting things that do not mesh with what the government is telling them, which is essentially you have nothing to worry about. So a local farmer reported the sudden deaths of many of the animals on the premises of his farm, Park Dairy. The farmer, Taylor Holzer, also works with the Ohio Department of Natural Natural Resources as a registered fox keeper. And many of the foxes on Holzer's farm experienced fatal effects from the air quality surrounding the area. So he he says in this quotation, out of nowhere, you know, this fox just started coughing really hard, just shut down. Holzer told WKBN 27 News, this is not how a fox should act. He's very weak. He's limp. His eyes are very watery and weepy, smoking chemicals from the train. That's the only thing that can cause it. Well, exactly. 
Exactly. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to put it together that one day you have foxes that are just fine and healthy. And as soon as you have this controlled burn take, uh, you know, happen and occur, you've got foxes dropping dead. Uh, you've got other people reporting the same concerns. You've got Caitlin Schwartzwilder, the operator of a local dog kennel in nearby Darlington, Pennsylvania. So she lives more than 10 miles outside of the controlled burn area. And she fled 15 miles away. And she said that she got reports of dead chickens, fish, and other animals from friends and acquaintances. That's 10 miles outside. I I just think it's shocking that the government's downplaying this and acting like there's nothing to see here, and the media's certainly not really reporting on it. And I want to put something in context for you. And look, I I, I understand there are people out there that are looking at this because there have been several other um, episodes of train derailments since then. We had one in Houston, one in South Carolina, I believe, just over the past couple days. Look, you know... I've got to be honest with you. Train derailments are pretty common. I mean, I understand that 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 this one's getting attention from us as it should, and I intend to do that because of the danger. You know, the environmentalists are nowhere to be found. And you know why? You know why the environmentalists are absent MIA? Because this doesn't advance their agenda to build solar panels and wind turbines. That's why. That's why the frauds that are the environmentalists, they don't actually care about the environment. They only care about radically transforming the economy and making us a poor country dependent upon non-renewable, non-green energy that they claim is so clean. That's it. That's it. So they're very selective. Well, who cares? You know, your water's polluted and contaminated. The ground soil's contaminated. The air. Foxes are dying. People are coughing up blood. They're nauseous. They're passing out. Their eyes are bloodshot. Well, who cares? We can't turn that into a uh, solar panel marketing campaign. All right, so, you know, let's get through a few of these things, Captain. I guess, so pull pull up photo one here. Uh, this is, I just wanted, I just want you to understand in 2012, the, the same thing, well, a similar thing happened in, uh, in, in Paulsboro, New Jersey. You know, if you, if you're not watching, uh, that's okay. The headline responders did more harm than good in Paulsboro train derailment. So this is 2012, a train derailed in Paulsboro, New Jersey, carrying, uh, vinyl, whatever it's called. Vinyl chloride. Same situation. Now, the reason I bring up this story from 2012 is, pull up photo two, Captain. I've got another, I've got another story related to the same derailment in Paulsboro, New Jersey. And this is two years later. Here's the headline. Nearly two years after Paulsboro spill, health concerns linger. Two years later. So my point is, we actually have precedent. We have an instance of vinyl chloride uh, being spewed in another small community, Paulsboro, 
in 2012, and two years later, there were still health problems that had resulted from that incident. And we have the government telling us that despite the fact that far more vinyl chloride was burned off in this incident than was in Paulsboro, that there's nothing to worry about. There's nothing to worry about. Unbelievable. Now, what exactly, what exactly do you think might have been one of the contributing problems to this negligence on the part of Norfolk Southern? What, what happened over the past mm, two to three years? What did the Democratic Party overwhelmingly advocate for that saw our supply chains devastated, that saw our, um, well, employees in different industries fired, dismissed? Oh, that's right. It's COVID and the vaccine mandates. Now, I've got a couple other things here. Pull up photo three, Captain. This is from a report from 2021. Here's the headline. Norfolk Southern service deteriorates amid crew shortages. Oh, my. Oh, my. This was 2021. They warned. They came out and said, We're facing shortages. And what did the Biden administration do in response to these calls for help? Well, they doubled down on vaccine mandates. That's right, because Norfolk works with the federal government in terms of contracting. Well, they were one of the industries required to force vaccine mandates on their employees or else dismiss them. So here we go. Yeah, pull up, uh, pull up photo four. Here we go. Photo four. Norfolk Southern warns that COVID-19 vaccine mandate poses risks to service. Oh, how about that? Look, Norfolk Southern said our service is going to be interrupted. We're going to have problems because of the COVID-19 vaccine mandate. And what did the Biden administration do? Sucks to be you. Sucks to be you. We don't care. Here's a couple pull quotes from the article. So the um, Jim Squires was, is the CEO of Norfolk Southern. And uh, he says, um, Squires said he hopes railroaders will get vaccinated or seek an exemption that's allowed under the law. This was not our idea. This was not our initiative, Squire says. This was a mandate. We reviewed it. We studied it. We went over it with a fine-tooth comb, Squire said. We determined that we are federal contractors subject to the executive order because of the business we do for the Department of Defense. It's a, de- it's a tough decision that's being imposed, imposed, on some of our employees as a result, and we do regret that. However, we will follow the law. It clearly applies to us, and we must comply. Well, there you go. There we go. We are being very vocal about the possible consequences to the supply chain and to the economy, Squires said. 
You voted for this, Democrats. You voted for this. Now, look. It's not fair to say that, oh, this is 100% because of Joe Biden. You know, I won't go quite that far, although I really, really want to. But you can't say it's not either. Because these shortages, these problems, Squires, the CEO of Norfolk Southern, that just had this train derailment and many other. I mean, there have been, there've been a dozen train derailments since the beginning of the year, by the way. We have crumbling infrastructure. Obviously, there's issues related to the airlines. And if I'm Pete Buttigieg, and my job is to, is to ensure the safety of these freights, well, you don't, look, I mean, you can do a Google search. I mean, has Pete Buttigieg ever asked the question, what's the state of the railway system? Why are these derailments happening? What can I do to get involved to prevent this from happening? He's never done it. I bet he's never had a single conversation with anyone in anyone, anyone in the rail business about this because he's not interested in that. He's worried about too many white people wearing hard hats. He's worried about racist roads and bridges. I mean, as a nonpartisan comment here, just as an American citizen that isn't going to say anything political right now, I don't want this to happen. I don't want these freight trains that are carrying hazardous material and contaminants to derail and put communities at risk. Is that controversial? Captain, did I say anything controversial there? Okay, okay, just checking, just checking. I don't want this to happen to anybody. I don't care what your party status is. I don't care who you voted for. I don't want freight trains going off the tracks killing anybody, including the conductors, including animals. I don't want there to be, you know, this to result in the poisoning of our water, of our ground, of of our, our soil, of the air. I don't want it. Obviously, we have a problem. Obviously, and we've had a problem for a long time with the railroads. And it seems to be getting worse. And the person responsible for overseeing that is MIA and totally disinterested in taking on that challenge. America is on the decline and we have the perfect people in charge to ensure that our decline is exacerbated and accelerated. You know, and I'll say one thing else too. With this Paulsboro, New Jersey train incident in which Um, that happened in 2012. Well, the federal accident investigators believe, this is written back in 2012, believe local police and fire officials did more harm than good after a freight train carrying these hazardous chemicals derailed. At a National Transportation Safety Board hearing in Washington, D.C. Tuesday, investigators say local authorities didn't follow safety standards for handling a chemical spill adding to first responders and the public exposure to dangerous vinyl chloride gas. Now, I would ask the question if the right decision was made here. I'm just asking the question. How many people were exposed to this because they did this controlled burn and put it into the atmosphere? Yeah, I wonder if this would have been different if those people in Ohio would have been Democrats. I don't know. I'm just asking the question. They weren't. 
that county went for Donald Trump. Maybe they, you know, let him die. Let him die. You know, less Trump voters. That is, by the way, how the Democrats think. I'm not all Democrats, but these Buttigieg types, these Biden types, these Kamala Harris types, basically all the Democrats in the government, this is how they think. This is how they think. So anyway, we don't know. We don't really know what the end result's going to be. We can't get any journalists in there to ask questions. This is what's amazing to me too. Captain, in a moment in American history where we need journalists more than ever, there are none to be found. In a time in America when it is the most exciting time to be a journalist, there are no journalists. It's incredible. It's incredible. Not interesting. Just propagandists. Just propagandists. All right. Let's move on to uh, the next, um, uh, you know, um, optimistic story here, huh? Shall we? All right. The spy balloon. The spy balloon. Now, we're going to go through a bunch of sound clips here. Most of them are John Kirby. I've got Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin and a, another Democrat, Jim Himes, as well as Chuck Schumer, actually. And I want to show you, uh, continue to show you the evolution of a cover-up. I want you to see from their mouths, hear from their mouths, how they are lying to you and how we know they are lying to you and me. You know, on February 8th or 9th, I believe it was the 8th, we had a bombshell report that I covered on this show last week, I believe, partially, a Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist. Uh, what was his name? That's right, Seymour Hirsch. Well, he wrote a 5,000-word. You know what I said last episode, Captain? It haunts me after I get off the show. I said 5,000 pages. I remember this. It's not 5,000 pages. It's 5,000 words. Anyhow... <clears throat> Redemption. You know, every show is a chance for redemption. Not that I need much of it. But anyway, you know, this guy, Seymour Hirsch, wrote a bombshell alleging that the Biden administration, going into great detail, by the way, the Biden administration used the Navy, our naval divers, to blow up the Nord Stream pipeline. Now, two days later, the Biden administration started shooting down UFOs. And all the media's talked about is the UFOs. So, I think there is a valid argument to be made that this is yet another indication, another example of the Democratic Party and the Biden administration wagging the dog, an example of of them creating a faux crisis or a big news story to distract and give the media something to sink their teeth into to fill the news cycle so that they don't even have to worry about having to cover this bombshell Seymour Hersh story. I mean, can you imagine if Donald Trump were president and he secretly and he circumvented Congress intentionally and he blew up the Russian pipeline and then tried to hide it from the American people and lied about it? You better believe everybody on the planet, journalists, would be covering this story. Wall-to-wall coverage. But the Biden administration, in an act that could possibly be the straw that breaks the camel's back in terms of Ensuring that World War III does in fact happen, or that we at least engage in a full-scale war with Russia and maybe China too, that was this was the moment. This was the moment. And they're nowhere to be found. 
nowhere to be found. So I think there is is validity validity to do to that. But I think more importantly, the reason this is happening is because the Biden administration was just thoroughly humiliated. Humiliated in front of the American people. They were shown to be the weak, sycophantic, um, slobbering, you know, Chinese, well, sympathizers, that they are. That's what happened. And I said it. I said, that's the point. You know, the Chinese just, just did a little test run. Did our, did our uh, bribery scheme pay off? And it sure did. It sure did. Now, they shot down that spy balloon and they lied to us. Um, you know, they said it was too dangerous to shoot down, which was not true. Uh, they could have shot it down on multiple occasions. Montana has basically no people. It's, it's uninhabited mostly. They could have shot it down over the Aleutian Islands when it first entered our airspace, but they decided not to. And then they claimed that they were studying the balloon, studying the balloon. Now, important point. The administration acknowledged that it did, in fact, know that it was a Chinese spy balloon. So it knew that it was a Chinese spy balloon. It knew that it was flying over our most sensitive nuclear sites, and it decided not to do anything. Okay, remember that. Uh, Actually, play cut two. This is Kirby talking about the Chinese spy balloon. We'll start with what he said, and then we'll get into these clips. To separate the Chinese spy balloon, we knew what it was. We knew where it was going. We knew what it was trying to do. And by not taking it down, I mean, that was also a huge payload. Like I said, the size of three school buses. So really the option of shooting that down over land wasn't a legitimate option because somebody really could have gotten hurt. So Kirby says, basically, he says that they, they knew it was a Chinese spy balloon. They knew exactly where it was going. They knew its intention. <clears throat> so, you know, there was no reason to shoot it down. <clears throat> now, if you're going to come up with this, uh, this big lie, there are a few questions that the American people are going to ask that they have to be prepared to come up with an answer for. So the first thing they do is they pivot, right? And they try to normalize this, right? It was humiliating. Why didn't you shoot down the spy balloon? They come up with the excuses that nobody buys. And then they say, well, this happened under Trump. This happened under Trump. They try to normalize it, right? One of the things they said, for example, if I can find it here. Well, they recently just let us know that the administration, um, this happened in 2021 under the Biden administration. They said that um, a, a suspected high-altitude Chinese surveillance balloon flew near sensitive United States military installations in the Middle East last fall. But it remained far enough offshore that American officials did not deem it a threat and only monitored it, a senior U.S. official said on Monday. So now they're coming out with all these reports, right? Oh, there have been so many instances of this. So many instances of this. And apparently their excuse for not taking down this balloon in the Middle East, well, the Pentagon um, says when the determination was made, officials kept the information secret to avoid letting China know their surveillance efforts were uncovered. Now think about this. They took no action on previous spy balloons because they didn't want the Chinese to know that we knew they were spying. Well, what's changed? Now they're shouting from the rooftops, we're on to you, China. We know what you did, right? Is that not the change? 
So go ahead and play cut two. This is Kirby comparing. Oh, cut three. Thank you. This is cut three. This is Kirby talking about um, how great the Biden administration is because they've detected this when Trump did not. Go ahead and play it. Cut three. But we were able to determine that China has a high altitude balloon program for intelligence collection that's connected to the People's Liberation Army. It was operating during the previous administration, but they did not detect it. We detected it. We tracked it. And we have been carefully studying it to learn as much as we can. Interesting. So this was happening under the Trump administration. And years later, Kirby has just detected activity that took place years ago. I'd love, does he have a time balloon? Is he traveling back in time, like back to the future? It's an interesting statement. I don't know how that works. I mean, if the Trump administration missed it and nobody knew the spy balloons were there, how is it that now retroactively Kirby somehow saw the balloons? He knew about them. A press would ask that question. Um, so you see what he's doing here. They're trying to turn a situation which is unprecedented, right? This did not happen under the Trump administration. There were no spy balloons flying over the country for seven days. I had Captain turn on his mic a week last week and talk about it. He was flying on a plane, a commercial airplane, as a pilot, and looked out his window and saw the spy balloon 50 miles away. He saw this, and the only thing he heard on his radio was everyone talking about the balloon. So this would not have gone, gone unnoticed under the Trump administration. So that's an abject lie. It's also a lie that they couldn't have shot it down. So now they're humiliated, and they're trying to say, well, look, um, Trump just didn't see it, but we they didn't see this. The American people saw this balloon. That's what happened. Montanans saw it with their naked eye, and that's the only reason we know about this. Now, play cut five, Captain. This is this is Kirby. Now, now we know they've shot down three additional balloons, right? The Seymour Hirsch bombshell story broke, alleging that the Biden administration blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. And then all of a sudden, the Biden administration is sending F-16s and F-22s into the skies to shoot down shiny little objects that no one's seen. Go ahead and play. Play that cut, Captain. Go. Because we have not yet been able to definitively assess what these most recent objects are, we acted out of an abundance of caution to protect the security, our security, our interest, and flight safety. Okay, okay, okay. Is, is anyone, are we tracking here? So they didn't even know what these, now Chuck Schumer is the only one who's called these three objects, UFOs, balloons. He's calling them balloons and using that word. Now, Kirby and the rest of the administration are not using that word. They have not used the word balloon for whatever reason, but Schumer has. So anyway, these little objects, these UFOs, so Kirby is saying, we had no idea what they were doing. We didn't even know what their purpose was. Uh, but out of an abundance of caution, we shot them down. Okay, well, when you had the Chinese spy balloon, when you knew exactly what it was and exactly what, what it was doing, you chose not to shoot it down. Does that make sense to anybody? Is that consistent thought to anyone? 
So if you see something that's small and it's not even a threat and you don't even know what it is, you're going to send a missile to destroy it out of an abundance of caution. But out of an abundance of caution, when it's a Chinese spy balloon, you don't shoot it down. These people think we're stupid. They think we're stupid, but they're stupid. And I'm not buying it. All right, go ahead and play um, cut five. This is Kirby again. He's going to reiterate how he's protecting the nation by shooting down these objects that may or may not even exist. Uh, Six, yeah. We don't think, we we don't know for sure whether they had a surveillance aspect to them, but we can't rule it out. We don't know. Now, the Chinese spy balloon, he knew it had a surveillance capacity. That was what they told us. That's what it was here to do. Now this, they don't even know if it's surveilling, but they're going to send a missile to destroy it. Now play cut. Um, well, we cut seven, Captain. Sorry. We, of course, know that a range of entities, including countries, companies, research, research organizations, operate in uh, these altitudes or at these altitudes for purposes that are not nefarious, including legitimate research. That said, because we've not been able to definitively assess what these recent objects are, uh, we've acted out of an abundance of caution to protect the secure, uh, our security and interest. And that's why we have teams working hard to track down the debris from over the weekend. Do you hear the talking point that's been given by the administration? An abundance of caution and national security. An abundance of caution and national security. So the Biden administration just caught, was just caught with a Chinese spy balloon instance carrying nothing for national security. He literally permitted that balloon to travel all the way from the Aleutian Islands by Alaska over Canada into the United States of America, into Montana, and then all the way across to the east coast of the United States, to the Carolinas, before he shot it down. And they said, well, you know, well, we don't know. We don't know why. I mean, now, so look, we had this over the Aleutian Islands, and then we had it over remote parts of of Montana, and they refused to shoot it down because it was too dangerous. And they were going to study it, supposedly, right? It, it, it delayed it so they could study the movement and everything else. Meanwhile, Kirby's telling us they knew exactly where it was going. Is that a slip, by the way? How did Kirby know exactly where the Chinese spy balloon was going? Exactly what it was doing. Isn't that bizarre? He's claiming they've just now discovered this revelation that the Chinese are doing this and have been doing this under the Trump administration. And already he knows exactly where the Chinese balloons are spying. Is that how smart they are? And if you knew where the spy balloon was going and you knew what it was up to, why didn't you shoot it down over the Aleutian Islands, Kirby? Johnny boy. So there, that was Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin. And, and there's some, you know, the other thing to point out here, by the way, Austin, which Kirby has said in other clips that I don't think I pulled for, the, for, for our purposes, purposes today, he's pointed out that you know, this is really common. Like, companies have objects up there like this. Um, you know, there's all kinds of reasons this happens. They're, they're, just, they're just floating everywhere. And by the way, <clears throat> if this is so common, right, and we've shot down three of these things over the last week, why do we not have 
a a a a a a full time squad of F sixteens and F twenty twos flying all hours of the day shooting these things down. I mean, if there were three over the last few days, and this is so common, there are probably like a hundred thousand of these things in the air. Are there not? We should just be hearing missiles going off all day long. And why is this not considered a serious problem? I mean, we have the U.S. government sending F-16s and F-22s into airspace above Lake Huron, in Alaska, in Canada, engaged in a firefight, essentially, with some inanimate object in the sky, and that's no big deal? The Democrats and the Biden administration know that they were caught with their pants down. They know that they were exposed as weak on China, and they know that there's the lingering question in everyone's mind, what was that Hunter Biden money from the communist Chinese for? Well, now maybe we know. Now maybe people are on to us. Maybe people are beginning to put the puzzle together that the Chinese Communist Party has bribed American politicians, including Mark Milley, including Joe Biden, including John Kirby, including uh, all of these individuals. And that's why they're not doing anything about it. And so now the Biden administration wants to pretend that somehow they're strong. That they take this very seriously. And that's why they're doing this. Now, again, it's odd to me that they're not showing us any photos. And also, if you've got an object that's smaller than a size of a car, which is the case of these other balloons or objects that they're shooting down, they won't be specific about it. I don't know. I mean, how much information can you glean if you shoot a car with a missile? I'm still waiting for the pieces. What did we learn? They're not updating us. They're just telling us this crap. I'm not certain they're shooting anything down. And even if they are, what are they? Tell us. Play, uh, play cut eight, actually, Captain. Get, oh, yeah, you put the photo up, Captain. Oh, we have a photo? <laughs> Oh, you, Captain, Captain has found it. There's the photo. There's the photo. Oh, my, who is that, Captain? Who? Uh, Yoda. Oh, okay, it's Yoda. It's Yoda, Yoda from, okay. uh, That's yeah. right. It's the aliens. The <clears throat> yeah, aliens are coming. Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, the aliens are coming. Here they are. So now I want you to hear something else. So, You've got Jim Himes who went on Meet the Press with the ginger guy. And um, I just want you to hear another perspective. Now, he's on one of the intelligence committees. He's a high-ranking Democrat. Um, Do you have that cut, Captain? Jim Himes, number eight. Give me a second. No problem. All right. Cap- Captain's looking for the clip. I'll fill the air in the meantime so I don't lose you. But, you know, are you beginning to see how overt the lies are? I mean, everything is just contradictory right now. Um, now they're just trying to put on this, this, this. Okay, you've got the clip. All right, I'll, th- this ties in. All right, play, play this cut, Captain. This is uh, a ranking intelligence committee member, uh, Jim Himes. Now, this is him talking about uh, the recent shootings of the UFOs. Go ahead. So, and do you think, are we changing our posture? It, it does seem as if we'd see this uh, unusual aerial phenomena, 
and the decision if there was not a threat to the country or a threat to an individual or, or an airline, we let it fly up there. Do you sense we're changing our posture that if we don't know the origin, we're shooting it down now? Well, I certainly hope not. I mean, if that's where we're going to go, uh, there will be an accident. You know, at some point we're going to shoot down something we don't want to shoot down, whether it's civil aviation or what have you. Um, so, but no, I, I, I think it's a little early to make that call. I mean, I would say two things about it. Number one, um, there's a logic to what the administration has done. The two shootdowns have occurred around objects that were a threat to civil aviation. Remember the, China, the initial Chinese balloon was at 50, 60,000 feet. That's not a threat. If you're down at below, at or below 40,000 feet, now you're in the travel zones for civilian aviation. There are concerns about gathering intelligence. That's why uh, I, I think it wasn't wrong for the administration to want to observe the first Chinese balloon. There's questions about where this stuff might land. The two shootdowns obviously were over very remote areas. Areas. You know, the one thing, Chuck, that is troubling me here, uh, I sort of see a pattern. I, as I looked at social media this morning, you know, all of a sudden, massive speculation about alien invasions and, you know, additional Chinese action yeah. or Russian action. Uh, in the absence of information, people's anxiety leads them into uh, potentially destructive areas. So I do hope that very soon the administration right. has a lot more information for all of us on what's going on. Well, and that's. Yeah, that'd be nice, right? Some information. I mean, he can blame only Joe Biden and his administration for any kind of speculation like this because we know they're not being honest with us. We know they're not being honest. Um, I, th I think play cut six, Captain. Pull, see if you got cut six. John Kirby again. I want you to hear John Kirby one more time. Yeah, play this cut. Go ahead. We don't think, we don't, we don't know for sure whether they had a surveillance aspect to them, but we can't rule it out. So they have no idea what these things are. And actually, that was a shockingly good question asked of Jim Himes by Chuck Todd. Does this represent a change in policy? You know, before you knew it was a Chinese spy balloon, you knew it was a surveillance balloon. And you chose deliberately not to shoot it down, even when you had the chance over the Aleutian Islands, even when you had the chance over remote parts of Montana, you were going to study it. Well, now is the new objective here. If you see something, shoot something. I mean, you don't know what the object is. You don't know who it belongs to. When you know it's the communist Chinese, when it belongs to them, we know what the decision is. It's do nothing until it completes its mission. When it comes to these objects that they can't even determine what they are or what their use is or what they're doing, they're just going to shoot them down without any regard for where they're coming from, what they're doing, and so on and so forth. This, this just seems bizarre to me. Now, play cut, cue up cut nine. This is Chuck Schumer. We'll finish out with Chuck Schumer here. Go. The first balloon, there was a much different rationale, which I think was the appropriate rationale. Uh, we got enormous intelligence information from surveilling the balloon as it went over the United States. But didn't the and Chinese watching. get enormous intelligence as well? Well, they, they could have been getting it anyway, but we have to know what they're doing, okay? And we don't know exactly, but we got a lot of that. Wow, we have to, we have to know what they're doing, so we have to monitor that balloon. Uh, didn't they get a lot of intel as well? Well, well, sure, but, you know, we, we, we learned more from it. Well, why aren't we studying these other objects? 
I mean, these, they say, pose no risk to us. Really? Oh, oh, it's aviation they're saying now. It's an aviation risk. Oh, I see. I see. That's, that's the new excuse they're making. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's, just, it's, it's just unbelievable. They, they want to normalize this, and they want to pretend like they've stumbled upon something very brave here, right? They are now uh, leading the charge of, you know, monitoring that which we didn't know was here before which is patently false. And meanwhile, we've got China aggressively moving towards Taiwan, flying their fighter jets, moving their planes into those waters, preparing for war. And uh, our military has a recruitment problem. And you know what the, the rationale, the lie given by our propagandists in our military is? Well, you know, people don't want to join the military because it's dangerous. They, they don't want to risk their lives. I mean, firstly... When has entering the military ever not uh, been, you know, putting your life at risk? That's the point. And furthermore, the odds of dying today as an armed serviceman are pretty slim. You know, uh, deaths have been on the decline. So they'll say anything to dismiss their responsibility, to avoid accountability. But, um, you know, I just... I just, I mean, you know, it, it's just getting, it's getting worse and worse, folks. It really is. It really is. And, uh, you know, when we convene here again, I, I want to get into uh, Captain next time. We'll see what happens. But I got this piece from The Guardian, this guy named Jason Stanley, who's a complete schmuck, who's uh, talking about how, you know, our opposing critical race theory is fascism how they project, how they project. I mean, this is a psychological game they're playing and um, they get out ahead and basically questioning the left, opposing their agenda, that is considered fascism to them. All right, Captain, I hope this was informative for everybody. Uh, This is Drew Allen, your Millennial Minister of Truth. God bless you all and until next time. Talk to my friend Drew Allen. I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. Has Drew died Allen. hard conservative. I look to this guy for wisdom.